0: Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation.
1: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile,
0: at the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair.
1: we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but
2: I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Shoot
0: up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready.
1: So welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, myself, Mike. And sorry for last week. <laughs> we almost had the issue this week. Hydra is hating us. If it's Hydra, it's aim. If it's not aim, it's sword. If it's not sword, it's the sinister 6. If it's not the sinister 6, then I don't know who it Hammer. Be. Hammer. Hammer. We mm. don't forget Hammer. Yeah, but you know I kind of I kind of like his strut when he comes out for shows. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, not, know, not that it, Hammer. It, it's <laughs> you talking, please hammer. Don't hurt them, hammer. Right? No, no I'm I'm ta- ta- not that. No.
1: I'm talking like okay. the hammer from Iron Man 2. I know, I know, Justin I know. Hammer.
0: <laughs> yeah, because what we're doing we're tr- we're we're trying to switch to a different night to record this show uh, because we've got some things that are that are coming up on the the normal nights and Hydra is just not liking this. But no. we have the bonus the the serendipity to actually be recording this week. On Mike's birthday. <laughs> yes, we so do. Mike, 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 this one's for you, buddy. You ready,
2: Kylan? I'm ready. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday dear, dear Mike. Mike. Happy <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday
1: to you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It
0: was just all I could do to keep from going. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Wait for that. I I, I was so almost there, but I guess I was there already. So there we go. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday,
1: man. Thank you. Well... I guess my birthday present from Eric's going to be. Kylie and I already talked about this on yes. last episode, and oh, did we have a good time? And oh, did we keep kept saying I wish Eric was here. <laughs> Eric, you've uh, read the article before show.
0: Yes, I have read this article
1: before show.
0: <laughs> and, and this you, article,
1: and you've noticed this website as it's trying to be a a um, a reputable site, which. Uh, Hopefully, now I wish the the site well, and hopefully it does. But have you noticed that all his contributors are the same person? <laughs> it's kind of like
0: heroic Hollywood with El Mayembe.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, he has staff. Okay, and and a staff infection, but that's a whole other issue.
0: Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that that was low. Uh, oh, I felt that one. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we don't. Yeah, once again, we don't wish ill will on anybody. It's just we we are not the hate and way.
2: <laughs> but but then this, you get article, this article,
0: <laughs> uh, we get this article, and the article is titled "In what could very easily be clickbait of the year, Disney might take Marvel comics off the shelf soon." Should, should that be a
1: non award category? Marvel clickbait of the year. Oh my God. I, you
0: know what? I'm kind of in favor of that. <laughs> Somebody take a note of this. We we may have to put that in there. Okay, so basically, I'm not going to give the the address. I mean, if you did y'all give it out last week because I was not able to listen. The, the last episode,
1: I think we did mention the site name.
0: Okay, if you uh, want the yeah, site name, go back to the last episode because I'm not repeating it here. This guy, um, I'm going to call him Artie
1: just because I like the name. And and Albert is reserved for iTunes.
0: Yeah, Albert's reserved for iTunes. So this will be Artie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I I will give him credit in saying that, yes, print comics are not making the same amount of money that they have in the past. That much is true. Don't fall out on the floor there, bud. Oh, I won't. <laughs> okay. Do I do I agree that eventually, at some point in the future, you will see an end to print comics? Possibly. I think eventually it is a a certainty, right? Because more and more stuff is going digital. Uh, but that's like saying global warming exists, climate change exists. So naturally, Miami will be six feet underwater in three years. <laughs> that's kind of really? like the that's kind of like the, the approach he is taking is is I I can't argue with his basic premise.
1: Well, that that would that I would do take think, care of the I dolphins, think, though, the marlins and the panthers.
0: Not the Carolina Panthers though.
1: No, Florida Panthers. No.
0: Okay. So again do I argue those basic concepts no but to say that first to say that Disney is going to take Marvel comics off the shelf soon i think it's ludicrous saying that they are the reason that they bought the bought Marvel back in 2009 Was so they could mine the IP. Right. Right. Well, call me crazy. They're a company. They're a business. Business is to make money. They're like, how many do we say? 5,000, 7,000 characters in the Marvel Universe that could be there? Could be. True. Yeah.
1: Yes. At at least. And rumor has it. 60-something of them are going to be in next Avengers film.
0: Okay. Yes. The MCU is going very, very well. I think there is still a market for print comics. Yes, they are not sold on sto- well. They're not sold on shelves in in uh, in market in supermarkets and and marketplaces like newspapers anymore. No, but you know, you go to a Barnes and Noble, you go to a Books a Million, they're on the shelves there.
1: Some convenience stores still have them. Very rare, you know. Very rare, but some still do. He
0: talks about Marvel doing direct marketing. Well, I got a newsflash, genius. They were doing direct marketing back when I was in the business, and that was twenty years ago. This is nothing new. A good movie is going to make a lot of money, right? And I will agree that I, we we have said it here on the show. We kind of have issues with the way Marvel is is doing their comics here and there, right? Like some of their strategies have us you know scratching our heads. Cough cough. <laughs> secret empire cough
1: cough generations
0: Um, yeah but i think it's premature to say that they're on their way out because i'm sorry there is still a market for it there's still a demand for it i don't see that going away anytime soon no even you know disney sees a big picture and when disney sees marvel comics not really operating at at much of a profit but not really operating at a loss why not keep it around it, right,
1: it, and this is something I didn't say last show, but if Marvel Comics was an issue, why at the Marvel superhero headquarters would they sell Marvel Comics in store? Now it's not it's not all the titles, but they do have like the Avengers. Um, they do have like the Color of Your Own books, which are big. Um, mainly a lot of the the Avenger titles, the MCU titles. Are sold in store, mm-hmm. and then at the Star Wars, sh- the two or uh, not the two, they were selling it at Once Upon a Toy, but the Star Wars section they moved out of Once Upon a Toy to its own shop, which used to be the old Pooh Corner, I believe. They're selling the Star Wars titles in there, but you're not going to find them at the Galactic Outpost next to down near the movie theater at at Disney Springs. Well, look.
0: I'm not, uh, again, I'm not arguing the fact that, the the idea that eventually it will see the end of, of print comics. Now, what you'll see is digital. Yep. Right. Because doing digital comics, you see more and more people going to smartphones, tablets, other kind of mobile devices. That's where you're going to see it. Yeah. And you're, you're still, you're going to see comics for a long, long time. I mean, if it goes to digital, then hey, you have just eliminated all your publishing costs for the actual printing and distribution. True. But you're still going like you say. You you say, all right, well, we're going pure digital on this. We're cutting the price down from like four dollars to two dollars. Okay. True. <laughs> And see, then, I mean, they may have the same print run or they may have the same download run. Like, say, you got an an issue of Vader down that goes for, you know, 30,000 print run. Well, you get 30,000 downloads. That's just a that's a huge cut off your cost. Oh, yeah. So I think he tried to start off with a a sound idea, but I think he kind of fell off the rails and. Just just kept going. He 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 pulled. I'm not that? gonna I'm not gonna call him an idiot. I'm not gonna call him an idiot. No. I just think I think he makes some um, some rather broad generalizations and some
1: rather rash assumptions. He he he's got that archery target set at a hundred yards, but the problem <laughs> but the problem is he's using a ten pound bow, a ten pound pull bow, and the arrow ain't going very far. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: I. I I, I I think uh, I I felt like that there was a bit of Marvel hate in that, uh, that, that and I think that
1: was a thing that Marvel bothered hate. me. It's, it's not, not Marvel hate.
0: hate. It's Disney hate. Ah, and that's what you you still see some of that from from the diehard Disney haters. I mean, right. that's what it is. They. They've been drinking the haterade for almost 10 years now, and it galls them to see that, well, Disney hasn't actually ruined Marvel. No. So they're going to look for new ways to say Disney is going to
1: ruin Marvel. Right. And I think this is part of it. Well, I I think they're also saying, too, um, especially with all the hate with Disney and Star Wars. And that's well documented. This isn't that show. That'd be the show before us, which, hey, Wookie Radio, welcome to the network. <laughs> welcome to Sorcerer <laughs> Radio. Um, the Marvel's doing well. Yes, Feige separated the MCU or Marvel Studios from Marvel Entertainment, which is where the comics lie. So the movies is completely separate from the TV and the animated and everything else. Doesn't mean things aren't in dire straits. Feige still got to go to Marvel Entertainment to pull characters and sure. pull and pull source materials. So, if, if Disney was to say, "Oh, all that's going away," unless they were to do it and go, "But we're still maintaining movie rights." Um, no, whoever was to buy the characters, which I could see IDW potentially being that purchaser. If it was to happen, IDW is going to want the movie rights and it's not going to say that's,
0: that's the thing. No, it's not. I think it's a, it's a huge assumption. I think it's a huge going out on a limb. I, I just, I don't see that happening. That's the nicest way I can put that. Yeah. I don't see
1: Disney shutting down the comics. See, print I, version, maybe. But then again, this is most likely it's the same guy who watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the radio. Uh, oh, mm. so. Oh,
0: so my my final take on this is congratulations, bub. You did this to get attention. You got some attention. But just remember, you asked for it doesn't always mean that getting it's a good thing. Nope. Mm-mm. No,
1: because now that people have seen it, it ain't helping your cause. No, no. So, well, talking about causes, I am still on that cause to get this movie remade, but I still want the character tweaked and fixed because I'm sorry, I don't like the way James Gunn made it look. I'm talking about how he the just Duck.
0: caught up in an explosion. Yeah, but he's
1: but look at he's him. He's looking
0: in, a little rough there.
1: Look at him in Guardians Two. He still looks the same way. This <laughs> is this is still a little too to skilled. Well I'm trying to here, help. Here's eleven facts about the Mar- the movie Marvel Wants to Pretend never happened. And that would be Ishtar? Howard Wait, no. the Duck. Now it is you know, Howard the Duck premiered in nineteen eighty six, was spearheaded by Lucas. Project lost millions of dollars and still considered one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> Unless you look at that one picture I took from that I sent to my cohorts here a couple of years ago where they said 80 best essentially saying best of the eighties, which I agree. Um, number one. Well, well, I guess, well, these have no numbers. So I will say from bottom to top, it was Marvel's only theatrical film until blade. Now some people go, uh, but what about Spider-Man? Well, those were Europe only in the theaters or outside of the continental U.S., like Puerto Rico as well, to draw interest to the TV series. So, Yeah. It was supposed to be animated, but wasn't because Universal had passed on Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Oh. So... Universal expected another George Lucas project to be a massive hit, so they demanded it be a massive live-action summer blockbuster.
0: <laughs>
1: it, I think if they had gone animated with it, it could have been a much better success. Problem is, we wouldn't have gotten Leia Thompson. Nope. no, nope. Sweet silk PJs. Um, it led, If it wasn't for Howard the Duck coming around, It wouldn't have contributed to one of the greatest things ever, the creation of Pixar. That's true. So Ah. Lucas had to sell off many of his assets after the movie bombed to pay off his debts. And the Lucasfilm CG division was sold to Steve Jobs, and that would later become Pixar Animation Studios. Now, the queen of Marvel herself, Leia Thompson, actually sang all of her own songs. And so did her cherry bomb bandmates, like Rodney Pete's wife. I can't, oh, for the life of me, I can't think of her name.
2: Uh, Holly Holly Robinson Robinson, Pete, yeah.
1: There you go. But everyone on that stage sang their songs. And apparently, Leia Thompson still owns that Gibson Les Paul from the movie and still occasionally plays it. There you go, wouldn't you? I would. Uh, Howard the Duck suit cost $2 million to make. And a lot of I believe would, that. A yeah. lot of it would be with the uh the, the facial puppetry that was involved with it. Moving on, George Lucas commented that given twenty years, people would realize the film is a masterpiece. And that and then the <laughs> Well he was right about you. True. But then um let's just say even after this is from throwbacks.com uh, let's just say even uh, after over 30 years, most people still agree it's a pretty terrible movie. <laughs> well, Maybe you're not I, most people. I, you're exactly. not.
2: It's, that, that movie is certainly in the class by itself.
1: Hey now, uh. jo- John Landis was asked to direct the movie. How about that? We almost had John Landis directing this film.
2: I could see him doing that, actually.
1: Um, He declined because he thought the police car chase at the end was too similar to his last movie, The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. yeah. Um, The head of Universal Pictures resigned after its release. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Um, Resigned. Quote, unquote, resigned. (laughs) Yeah. Variety reported his departure with the headline: "Duck Cooks Prices Goose." Uh, Jay Linda was was supposed to appear in the movie, as well as. You think he's glad he did. As well as Paulo Abdul, Kim Basinger, Jody Benson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Laurie Singer were all considered for it as well. Wow, uh, Laurie it was, Singer was hot back then too. It was nominated for several bad movie awards. Um, it was up for seven Razzies and one bet, worst picture at the Hastings Bad Cinema Society's ninth Stinkers Bad Movie Awards in 1986. Yeah. And the character is slowly making a comeback. So we like to think that's you're doing. I hope so. It's or your J- fault. James Gunn's just got great taste. That's all. OK. Now, uh, I was that. Speaking of James Gunn um, is the uh, Eric. I think this is your story. Uh, What's happening at Cinemark Uh, um, this week? Oh, yes. What
0: is happening at Cinemark? Okay. Cinemark recently announced that for an entire week, it will be showing 11 MCU films at select theaters across the U.S., Now, these films include the following, Iron Man, the first one, Thor, the first one, Captain America, the first Avenger, Avengers, the first one, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Captain America, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume (laughs) 2. So, uh, participating theaters will be showing four films per day, uh, with the selection broken up into a few distinct groups, uh, including origins, cosmic fan favorites, caps best of, first Avengers, team ups, and a dedicated Guardians day, which will show ex- will exclusively show Guardians Volume One and Two. Now. Uh, This week starts August 25th. So it started yesterday, if you're listening to this on Source Radio. It started on Friday, if you're listening to this on the podcast version. But it runs August 25th through August 31st. So check your local listings. Uh, They're keeping it affordable at $5 per showing. Uh, Concessions are also discounted. And this this is a good thing. Concessions are also discounted with fountain drinks and candy for just $2 and popcorn for just 3 So there you go. Now, go to Cinemark's website, which I'm guessing is Cinemark.com? Uh, yes. Yes, Cinemark.com, and find out if there's one in your neighborhood.
1: Uh, unfortunately for you, Eric, closest one is Huntsville. I might want to make that drive. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh Kylan, closest to you is Cahoga Falls. Yep,
2: right and uh I actually I'll be I will be at that theater this weekend. And that's literally like down the street from me.
1: And here in Orlando, Cinemark at Festival Bay, which is the old uh Artigan Mall location. So there's hope. No, so, that's yeah, Star Wars. I mean, that's true. Um so, yeah, that kind of that kind of wraps up our movie news. Before we get into TV and with Kylan, I just want to say quickly, if you want to contact the show, contact us at MMG at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. On the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net, check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel. There's some great Marvel mashup t-shirts there. Uh, Comic Bento is a great place if you're looking at getting back into comics and want to just do trade paperbacks. $25 for their box, you're guaranteed $40 worth of, of books. So, and considering most of these books start at 16 bucks or average around 16 bucks, get two books. You're almost there three bucks and you're over the $40 mark. Um, also to check out superhero stuff, com, uh, click on one of those two pictures. Get either the hero box or the other one takes you right to the to their site where you get some great Marvel shirts and Marvel hats and backpacks and other great geek Marvel geek stuff. So check those out. And one of those hero boxes is a Punisher versus Defenders box, which, which you can still get while watching Defenders on Netflix. That, that there was you go. A, that was a segue, Colin. <laughs>
2: That that was a good segue. That that was a very good segue. And actually, um I, I do have it to was... say I, I do have to say that I took advantage of uh superhero stuff's um uh, Punisher Daredevil I mean Punisher Defenders
1: box. Wow. You you've heard wow. me talk you've heard me talk about the boxes. They deliver.
2: They I they really do. My my, my wife and I uh we we got the box. um i well it actually it, they released it uh in, in um uh i guess in um in conjunction with the release of, of the defenders yep. and they did not disappoint i'm yeah that's just all i got to say about that that was And that was not my first box from them either. So I would tell the listeners, I mean, because they do fandom specific, they do show specific. You just got to see what they have available. If you have a chance and you got a little extra cash, treat yourself. You will definitely get more than what you pay for in those boxes. So I got to say about that, but I digress. Uh, How about a little spoiler free review of a little show that uh, premiered last weekend. It was a little show, a little thing, um, called The Defenders. I've heard uh, it might be coming out. It, 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 you know, it was, you know, it's like, I guess, something that, you know, Netflix, they, they like to do the superhero thing every once in a while. And, you know, they, they just decided they would take, you know, eight episodes of Awesome and put together Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And really that's just a start. Uh, so okay, so this is spoiler free. So I I will tell you guys. Um, number one, I I would say if you if you're behind on your Marvel shows and you're itching to get into Defenders, if there's a must watch, uh, it would have to be Seasons one and two of Daredevil and Iron Fist, because uh, the, 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 what happens in those shows figures heavily heavily into uh, the rest of the series. Um, so I, I will tell you that, um, and just because of the nature of how things happen, uh, if you haven't, if you have not gotten around, or if you haven't finished Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. But you have a basic understanding of their characters, then you're good to go. You're set. Uh, so, having said that, uh, this is a different type of show, okay? And if you if you coming if you're coming into this looking for the Avengers, you're not going to get that. Uh, and if you if you've listened to the show, you understand that. Marvel and if you're a fan of Mar- especially Marvel's Marvel comics you understand that there's different levels. So if you have Captain America and and uh Iron Man, you know that that's sort of like the big leagues, you know that they're kind of up with the 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 big boys. And then you know you have the you know the Guardians and Silver Surfer and those guys are like cosmic. Uh, what we're talking about here are the street-level heroes. Okay, so to call the Defenders the street-level version of the Avengers, that still isn't accurate either. Uh, I, the only thing I can tell you is to – if you have any preconceived notions, just leave them at the door. Uh There are some things that you definitely get to see, Um, and and this would not be a spoiler. You finally get to see Luke Cage in a yellow shirt. Good. Um, Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, You get to see Luke and Danny finally meet for the first time. Uh, You also, they do a really good job of bringing in those supporting characters that kind of help flesh out all the other shows. So pay attention to that as well. Uh, and I would say Sigourney Weaver, her character. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Interesting. That's the only way I could put it. Uh, I, I didn't know what to make of her. And even as the show is going, you still don't know what to make of her, but this is good. This is good. Uh, and I, I, you know, there's so much I want to say and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, okay, you you've know, binged uh, it already. So, yeah, you, you 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 were dying to say stuff. There, yeah, I do. Yeah, I I would just say uh you know, okay, so like I said, all all of all of the su- supporting characters are there. Pay attention to those stories. Uh because those supporting stories are just as important as what you're getting in the forefront. And something else that's really cool is that, especially in the first two to three episodes, uh, so Jessica and Luke and Danny and Matt each have their own individual stories. And each one has their own color palette. And you'll notice, it's like, as you're, as we get to Jessica, things are in shades of blue. And when it's Danny, there's shades of red going on. It's really subtle. And with uh, uh no no with Danny is shades of green with Matt it's shades of red and with Luke it's shades of yellow, and it's it's really subtle like you almost don't notice it until it starts just become just blind blaringly bl- apparent in one scene and you just can't miss it, and it adds that really nice bit uh, of um to to the story to kind of give you a visual aspect as well. Uh, and the fighting, the action is wow. And I will tell you, uh, you're getting eight episodes and this is condensed, no filler. Just just be ready. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Um, it's it's I, I felt like it was well written. Um, this felt like a, a video version or I would say yeah, a video version of a graphic novel. Honestly, that's what it felt mm. like to me. Uh, that's probably the only way I could put it. Like, You know how they, like there are some of, the, some of the episodes from each of the shows could have easily been a comic, and it kind of felt that way. But if you look at the whole of the series, it, it definitely felt like a show. This, on one level, yeah, it's a show. But it felt like a live-action graphic novel. Yeah, uh, that's how I would say. It. it felt like a a live action graphic novel, and I don't know if that w- if that's what they were going for, but if so, kudos, you did it. Um, so yeah, I if I go any further, I'm gonna start spoiling stuff. Uh, so I won't. Just uh, make sure that you pay special attention to the hallway fight scene because that the the hallway fight scene is always a blast to watch. And and then they did not disappoint with this one either. So yeah, that was uh that's the spoiler re- spoiler free review of the defenders.
1: Alrighty, alright. So and, um, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I, I want you. We're to so courteous your, on this show. I, I, want, <laughs> I want you to finish your thought before I I throw the next question out.
2: Oh uh, well, uh, actually, I was wondering if uh, it seems that I guess. Finn Jones uh has been going around and it seems like he's he's been uh promoting the heck out of Defenders even on his um on his uh Instagram. Oh and I would tell people if you're if you're a fans of all the shows follow them on Twitter because they tweet back and forth to each other and the conversations are great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, that was the question I was going to pose to Eric is, Eric, what's your thoughts of them potentially doing a – with the way Defenders goes, can we potentially get a crossover between some of the TV shows, including Netflix, with the MCU? You know,
0: I want to believe, yes, I want to believe in the hashtag It's All Connected. Uh, You know, Marvel Studios constantly denied any plans for TV MCU meeting up with Marvel MCU. We have had a couple of instances where that happened. Um, But, you know, the little thing on uh, Instagram, it could be hinting it. There are, uh, you know, you've got a, a mysterious casting call. According to MoviePilot.com, uh, where they're reporting that uh, another website claimed to uncover a casting call for extras, uh, and some it, they're saying like Japanese gangsters. That's that's what they've got in here. Slender build, night shoot will involve rain work, facial prosthetics. So, uh, you know, some people are saying this could be the uh, yakuza. Am I saying it right? Yakuza, yakuza, yakuza. Uh, that's good. Yeah. OK, you've not seen them in the movies side of MCU, but Mm-mm. you've seen them all over the uh, the Netflix, haven't you? True. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would like to say even if it's just a cameo, this is something that it's it's low hanging fruit is what it is. I mean, would it kill Marvel to bring Colson in even for just a cameo? No,
1: it won't. No, but if they do, would it kill Coulson?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. What you're asking is, will it kill Colson again? Yeah. So, I, I think it's possible. I would not be surprised to see it. I will be disappointed if I don't. So, I guess I'm saying
2: I'm hopeful that it will. Yep. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that each – well, three of the four defenders yeah, three of the four end up becoming Avengers at some point.
0: Yes, Luke Cage is a is an Avenger. And Jessica's uh,
2: Jessica Jessica Jones was an Avenger. Um Iron Fist was one. I okay. think. He, he, Daredevil's the only one that wasn't. Right. yeah, Daredevil I don't think Daredevil has ever been an Avenger.
0: Honestly though, there are very few heroes in the Marvel cinema in the Marvel universe that have not been an avenger at some point. That's true. Spider-Man has been an avenger. Faith has not been an avenger, but she's not been in the comics yet. No. Yet. Right.
2: Uh Wolverine was an avenger. Yes. Although he was an that avenger. Although that's uh um, that's over on uh, on Fox, so, you know, but still. Beast has been an avenger. Yep. Beast Beast was an avenger when I when I came up and I was bouncing between X-Men, uh, and uh, what was the book – what was the X-Book that reunited the original team? X-Factor. X-Factor, yes. Yeah. And he was bouncing between X-Factor and the Avengers at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean you've got – let's see. I'm, I'm looking up on Wikipedia, and I know that's probably my – my downfall. Uh, let's see. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have been Avengers. Yep. Uh, let's see. Black Knight, Black Widow, Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Hellcat, Two-Gun Kid. Who remembers Two-Gun Kid? I do. Vaguely, vaguely. A time traveler from the 19th century. Uh, let's see. Who else? Star Fox, Namor, Dr. Druid. Look, if you let Dr. Druid into your group, you'll let
1: just about anybody in. <laughs> Hey, I'm I, sitting right, I remember I'm sitting, Star Fox. I'm sitting right here. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> we said
0: Dr. Druid, not Birthday Boy. Oh. I wonder if that's a hero somewhere. What's
2: his power, blowing out candles?
1: Hosting podcast?
0: Yeah, we're not going to ask how that is. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> his power is yeah. hosting podcasts.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, no, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh uh-uh. Daredevil was an Avenger. Wow. Really? Wow. After the Fear Itself event, now this is according to Wikipedia, after the Fear Itself event, Mm -hmm. uh, this was 2011-2012. Right. uh, During the Shattered Hero storyline. Right. The team team was uh, shifted by Captain America. The team consisted of Daredevil, Storm, Quake, Daisy, Captain Britain, and Agent Venom.
2: That's a crazy team. Yeah, it is hmm yeah, well there you go so all four of the defenders be, will or have been well will be avengers at least in the comics yeah. wow
1: yeah yeah well you you know and it's like what we said on the last show kylan or at least you and i if you look at the movies mm-hmm. um you no, know, we talked about it briefly, but after Civil War. Yeah. I know, I know, after I saw it in, um, with the end of Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. w- West Coast Avengers, baby. You're right. I, You're I, right. I, 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 th- I want to see them go that direction with the Avengers after Avengers 4 because I think- they're, they're almost there. There's there's good reason to hope for that, and then if they do, um, what was it, Midnight Suns, which takes yeah. place primarily West Coast, yeah, they could throw that over on Netflix.
0: Blade Back, you got the price to Blade Back. You've got Ghost Rider. You've got Doctor Strange.
2: Talked about. And I can't, I, I can't I can't see them throwing Punisher in with the Defenders. I I can't. I could be wrong. I can't see it though. No. Nope. Luke and Danny wouldn't work with him at all. They would. They would not even entertain the idea of working with him.
1: Well, it, if you look at the the latest promo picture of Punisher, the costume for the series, he's got on mm-hmm. that garish figure. Some. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> there, there is with the way the skull is done on that outfit with the black on black. Yeah, it almost looks like a corset.
2: Yeah, well, you know, because they put a they put a realistic um, bulletproof vest on them, and it fits like a
1: corset. <laughs> you know, just, like yeah, but they put a they put additional leather patching on it instead of it being spray painted. That's true. So um, uh, how, how about we get a little comics action going here? Uh, we, we've talked about Karen Gillian as taking in and taking over Jason Aaron's role as uh, writer of the Star Wars title. Right. Uh, um well, oh, there was an interesting interview with, with Gillian on uh, CBR.com, and I love this. Uh, their question to him was uh, – here, here's a couple of the questions. From your work on Darth Vader and Dr. Afra. it is clear that you love telling stories set in the world of Star Wars. But I imagine you wouldn't take on such a big assignment as Star Wars Marvel's or, as Marvel's flagship Star Wars book if you didn't have a story to tell that's different from what we've seen so far. So what can you tell us about your larger themes and the approach to the series? His response. a a lot of the book will be very similar to my approach with Vader only with a cast from a new hope in that I looked at where they were at the end of that first movie and where they are or where they were at the start of empire strikes back. I then removed everything that Jason Aaron had already done and saw what was there. So, um, so the next er, – then it continues on. In the case of A New Hope, they were kind of in the complete opposite of where Vader was. Vader starts really low because the Death Star had just blown up and he was kind of responsible. Um, yeah, just then, a little bit. So, But at his series end, as his series ends with him in charge of his own fleet at the start of Empire, that's clearly a fall and rise story. With the Rebels, we had the enormous victory of blowing up the Death Star. And then, you know, when they get to Empire, now, and, and Jason's been touching on that a bit. By the time we see them in Empire, they've they're cornered at a remote base, and they've been on the run for ages. They're quite low. The Empire has struck back before Empire Strikes Back. So that's kind of the core thing. And that's what I want to do. We start high with the rise of the rebellion. And then there must be something, some awful tragedy at some point. So I kind of, I kind of like that. Jason's bring has brought them up to the start of that. you know, The, the, the the end point of their high. And now Gillian's going to bring us down to that tragic event or that whatever Mm -hmm. that brings us into empire strikes back on why are they cornered? Why are they back on the run again? Um, with Jason, we've seen a lot about the Jedi, the primary narrative of what that run was about Luke trying to develop his powers and become a Jedi. Luke has become about as good as he can be. We saw how good he was in Empire, so we can't make him progress more there. So they know that their limitations are, okay, this story is taking place between a new between Star Wars and Empire. Here's our limitations. Um, you see lit. Le- Leia increasingly becoming a military leader, uh, so we have her exploring that responsibility she's been positioned in. A lot of this period was about Luke deciding to become a Jedi. Now we're going to realize um, that fact with Leia, that by the time Return of the Jedi, she's also Force-sensitive. But we see that in Force Awakens, she hasn't done much with it. Her interests are more practical, hence why she is General Leia. Uh, so they asked the question, uh, what was the, the next question that I was really enthralled with? Um, they, he talks about uh, how will these individuals push against and grow into the roles they play in the larger organization of the Rebel Alliance. And he mentions here that um, one of the things that he wants to do is take them Back, Uh, because this run is going to have more of a military tone than Jason's, Uh, Mm -hmm. this is Gillian talking, Um, I thought the best way to start that was by coming off the back of Rogue One, which was more of a war movie take on the Star Wars universe. We're kind of starting with a smaller story integrating and exposing New Hope characters to everything that happened in Rogue One. So we're going to the post-apocalyptic wasteland that was left after the Empire blew a hole in Jeddah and removed one of the holiest sites there. Mm. Uh, We're taking Leia to a planet that was shot by the Death Star. For Survivor of Alderaan, that's everything. Then Luke is searching for the spirituality of the Jedi, and he is taken to a big hole where the holiest site used to be. Problem is, he's looking (laughs) in all Duran places. Oh, I saw that coming. (laughs) Um, that's an enormous visual that expresses the problem that Luke is facing. What he's looking for isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so to continue on, they they post the question you know, they they discuss Luke learns the of Jen Erso's sacrifice, Darth Vader's supporting cast arrives. Um, the Rogue One crew survived it, so there's a good chance others did well. Well, plus Jeddah City wasn't the only settlement on the planet. Those other settlements, though, are in um, pretty poor state. The reason why the Empire thinks they need to go back to Jeddah is they took all the Kyber crystals from the planet. Now they're coming back for something else. Uh, that's what prompted the would-be, best described as the Neo movement. Some people are still trying to carry on in the in the spirit of Saw Gerrera. Um, He goes, when I saw Rogue One, I immediately thought, I wonder what Luke makes of this. I wonder what Leia makes of this. Now I'm in a position where I get to write that. I think that's a wonderful idea because I
0: never thought of that. Even when sitting there Mm -hmm. in the theater watching Rogue One, I never thought of how would Luke – we kind of see Leia just a little bit. Right. Just where she says, what is this hope? That's not really enough of a
1: glimpse to see you know, what she well, what it, she thinks about it. it. It makes me wonder too. At Luke is in charge of a he is essentially becomes a leader of a fighter squadron, and that fighter squadron is Rogue Squadron. Does he take that and, and name his group in honor of Rogue One? You Maybe, know what? That's what I would do. <laughs> Maybe we find out, especially if he goes to Jeddah and then if they potentially go to Scarif and he <laughs> knows about Jen being part of the Rogue One mission. And if that has that much of an impact, that's how World Squadron comes to be. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, now, here, here's <laughs> where there was one. Trying to find it, there were there was something because uh, he talks about Afra. Ah, here we go. Final question. Um, finally, will there be connective tissue between Star Wars and your other books set in this universe, Doctor Afra? His response: They are two books set in the same time period, both being written by me. But we have no plans for a crossover at this moment. We've done that twice, and Afra's plans are pretty much laid out until issue twenty-five. So there's really not room for a whole lot but there is likely that star wars will influence afra then afra will influence star wars there are certain things that are set in motion in star wars that will hit afra quite hard now my concern is we have plans laid out until issue 25 darth vader ended darth vader volume one or darth vader parentheses 2015 ended with issue 25 could this potentially be a hint that too uh, that it could a, be that in 14 months 15 months is done mm, mm. um it's 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 completely possible um and if so, will, will they? Will he move the characters into the Star Wars title? You know,
0: I think I would definitely. You know, here's where I see it going. I see Aphra eventually joining the Rebellion. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And mainly as a survival mechanism, not because she believes in it, especially not with those two droids of hers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I, not a lot of altruism in the in, in that bunch. But I, it's it's I more of a pragmatic. It's more of a pragmatic decision that if you are on the run, if you're hunted by the empire, yeah, where's the best place to be? With the rebellion, which yes, you're still hunted, but you've got you've got resources. You've got people looking out for you. Yeah. Because you're all being hunted. Make sense? Mm. Makes sense? Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Now will she be obviously she won't be on camera for the movies, but there could be a hey, they're off in this sector or she could have been at Hoth, <laughs> but she got out before, say, the attack on the on Taco Echo base. See, I I wanna
2: think she wasn't on Hoth. Mm-mm. Is it possible that she was on one of the uh on one of the ships that were that was over Hoth before they made their big escape?
1: Mm, maybe no. she was on the first transport. Mm. See, I, I'm thinking she might have gone with one of the other Rebel factions. That's possible. And that potentially the earliest we would have seen her involved with anything would have been with the second Death Star.
0: Possibly. Mm.
1: So either that or could she have gone to someplace like Tatooine to seek hiding, even though it's still under Imperial control? She can still hide and blend without taking notice.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, well, why don't we get into our um, picks of the week? All right. And, Kylan, since you had the Marvel Unlimited pick, I'll have you start (laughs) us off.
2: Okay, great. Uh, Let's start off with uh, my first pick is Black Panther number 17. Writer is Tanahisi Coates. The artist is Chris Sprouse. And the cover artist is Brian Stelfreeze. Forever My Lady. T'Challa's got royalty in his DNA, but does he have the loyalty of a goddess in his corner? Ororo Munro, also known as Storm of the X-Men and former queen of Wakanda, is back in T'Challa's life. But is it for good at this time? Or will country come between a man and his queen again?
1: Okay. Uh, Eric, why don't you go next?
0: Okay. My first pick of the week is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 22, written by Brandon Montclair, art by Natasha Bustos, versus Ego the Living Planet. Lanella Lafayette isn't just smart. She's a smart person on the planet. Yeah, that's it. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going with Star Wars number 35, written by Jason Aaron, artist is Salvador LaRocca, cover artist is Mike Mayhew. Two issues featuring tales of the Star Wars Underworld. First, Santa and Lando join forces on Corsican to swindle some credits. Then Han and Chewie go back to smuggling. And that's it. Okay. So, Kylan, your number two pick.
2: My number two pick is Black Panther and the crew. This is number six. Uh, the writer's Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, the artist is Butch. Geiss and the cover artist is John Cassaday. Black Panther and the crew finally cracked the case surrounding the mysterious death of of Harlem community pillar Ezra Keith. In the wake of Ezra's life, one thing is certain: the world needs the crew now more than ever.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. Eric, your
0: second pick. My second pick of the week. Is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme written by Robbie Thompson, art by Nathan Stockton, and cover art by Javier Rodriguez? The Sorcerer Supreme traveled through t- future and into hell to save one of their own, but who
1: rules the underworld of tomorrow? The answer is not who you'd expect. Okay. Well, my second pick mm. of the week is uh, Spider Gwen number twenty three. Writer is Jason Latour. Artist is R- Robbie Rodriguez. Predators Part 5, Gwen, Wolverine, Harry Osborn, Madripoor, plus Hannah Blumenreich steps in for a guest story starring the Mary Janes. Mm-hmm. So, Kylan, your third pick.
2: Oh, man, my third pick is a one-shot, actually. It's generations, Hawkeye and Hawkeye number one. Two Archers, one shot. Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye finds herself smack dab in the middle of a battle royal between the world's most skilled sharpshooters, including an inexplicably young Clint Barton, a.k.a. the other Hawkeye. The prize? Bragging rights for being named the best, of course. Oh, and you get to stay alive. Unfortunately for Clint, several of his competitors are villains he's taken down, making him a primary target. So, on top of on top of figuring out where and when she is, Kate's got to find a way to win this little contest of skills and keep her not-so-old-pal Clint out of the crosshairs.
1: Okay. Eric, your
0: final pick. My final pick of the week is a trade paperback, Dr. Strange Punisher Magic Bullets. The master of the mystic arts and the one-man war on crime unite their unique talents. When mafia demons strike, it'll take the combined skills of Doctor Strange and the Punisher to stop them. But does this mean that Stephen Strange will adopt Frank Castle's lethal ways? Or will the Punisher learn some new tricks? The Sorcerer Supreme works on being a little more grounded while Frank expands his worldview in surprising new directions. But with monstrous mobsters on the rampage, this mismatched pair have their work cut out for them. The very different worlds of two of Marvel's most unique characters collide. And the fate of New York is at stake, isn't it always? Collecting Doctor Strange Punisher magic bullets numbers one through four.
1: Well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars Jedi Republic Mace Windu, number one. Uh, writer is Ooh. Matt Owens. Artist is Dennis Cowan. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi have been the peacekeepers of the galaxy. And that's it. That's it? That's it. That's it. I met Dennis Cowan one time. Nice guy. Well, we will have to try and get him on the show then. He probably
0: would not remember me. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> when the, it's when the the Deathlock series came
1: out in 94. Okay. Well, still, we could try and get him on the show. That would be awesome. So, uh, Kylan, how about that Marvel Unlimited pick?
2: All right. My Marvel Unlimited pick is the Defenders, number one. Uh, let's see. The uh, writer is Steve Englehart. Uh, anchors are Jim Mooney and Frick Giacola. Letterer is Artie Simic. And the penciler is Sal Buscema. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and the book was published the... Uh, August 10th, 1972. So, no, we're pretty much right on right on time for this book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. On point. Oh, yeah. So, um, that's going to bring us close to the end. Any final thoughts?
2: Uh, you know, I, I would say that I would love, love, love to see – Marvel actually give the fans what they've been craving and give us our television and movie team up. I would love to see that. Yeah. Yes it would. Yes, yeah. I would love it.
1: I, I think I think so. Um, I would love to see um whatchamacallit. I, I would I would love to see them actually both in the comics and mm-hmm. movie wise, I would love for, for them to take West Coast Avengers back in the comics and and take the Avengers towards the West Coast in the movies for home base with this new team after Avengers 4. Mm. Yes. I, yes. I, I know I I really hit on a lot, but that that's what I would like to see. Hmm.
2: I see you're 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 making me it, it, I'm starting to get the same feeling that I get whenever I start talking about the Howling Commandos. So
1: Oh, I mm-hmm. haven't given up on that either. So,
2: <laughs>
0: you know, you know, Haley Atwell, she's free again.
1: That is true. This is true. Could bring back Agent Carter. Just saying. Uh, uh, at this point in time, I, I, I still say, in that right now, Inhumans, Shield. But make Shield the the fall show. Then you do if you decide to bring bring in most wanted, especially since Shoshonda Rhymes is heading towards Netflix
2: <laughs> to become exclusive over there.
1: That yeah. means Sh- yeah. Shonda Land is going away. Hopefully. Um, Let's do. That sounds rather
0: mean spirited of us, doesn't it? No, we we don't we don't really mean her will. We're not the hate and kind. No, I mean, oh, but that, that could be our show title. We're not the hating kind.
2: <laughs> but but. But we, we would have had most wanted if it wasn't because of her I'm just saying that. And we, I believe that to be true in my heart. Now we, we don't have to be hating on her to say we're happy to see her go. <laughs> we,
1: we might be getting we we would have might we would have possibly had damage control by now too.
2: Oh, uh, but you know, damage control was pretty cool in Spider Man. I don't know if we would have gotten the same damage control.
1: Yeah, but if it's gonna be a comedy, could you imagine New Warriors followed by damage control on freeform for their little comedy hour? I could see that.
2: There you go. There okay.
1: you go. Folks at Marvel, you need to be listening. We we know you do. Um <laughs> but I say you know, Shield for the fall, Agent Carter for the summer. You keep the Marvel name out there and people interested and not fall, and, and, and you're not going to have them fall off the wagon and find it difficult to get back into the series. Mm-hmm. And then with that, you could do a Howling Commando series. You could bring in Most Wanted as a second show during the week. Mm hmm. You could potentially move Inhumans to the summer as well. You could. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You're just saying. So, um, anything else? Mm -mm. I think I'm good. I'm good, man. Well, then, on that note, Jarvis, if you would. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. Mm-hmm. So, Gilligan taking over Star Wars. Now that we get a little more insight, yep, um, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm most definitely. this. I'm looking forward to this.
2: Well, you know, it's it's refreshing to always get the get a new uh, point of view, especially on a very familiar property. You know, right.
1: Well, I, I just think it's very cool, too, that it's – he's going to take them to Jeddah. He's going to take them to, to things that are involved with Rogue One. Yes. Um, definitely, I think this can make more insight to where they're at than with Empire Strikes Back. Possible.